a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. Welcome back, Rebels and Imperials, to Force Ghost Coast to Coast. I am Brian. Sitting across my dining room table from me are Liz and Matt. We have not been in the same room, the three of us, since doing our Rise of Skywalker review. That's right. Um, you guys have had lots of fun adventures without me. Not bitter or anything. It's cool. Uh, <laughs> just kidding. You guys went to one party without me. One party? <laughs> of, of whom I would know only you guys yeah. at the party. So. Yeah. And it was work-related. Yeah, exactly. Sort yeah. of. <laughs> yeah. Um, but and we will talk about the rise of Skywalker next month in in great detail. So, but for now, we have the Mandalorian to talk about. Uh, yes. So uh, we have seen all nine episodes. Nine episodes. Eight episodes. Um, I thought it was nine. Nine was Watchmen. I think it's eight. I think oh, it's it? eight. Yeah. Okay. Eight. Well, <laughs> That's right. We're very professional. We are. Uh, but, but we we have seen this all is the... the egg, right? <laughs> exactly. Actually, yes. it does have an egg. They both it have does. eggs. Yes. Um. So this is. Uh, <laughs> So, yeah, The Mandalorian has has ended. We have some thoughts. And we're going to start with just sort of a general thought of how we felt the first season was. And uh, Liz, why don't we start with you? What oh, was no. Your, what were your overall, <laughs> your overall Mandalorian thoughts? My overall Mandalorian thoughts. Overall, I enjoyed the show. And again, here I am scrambling. I had all these ideas. Now I can think of is farts, like I said before. <laughs> um, I, I feel like in the beginning, we um, when we talked about those first two episodes, we had all of these predictions. And then after, when the third episode came out, we texted each other. We're like, well, everything is shot to shit. Literally, yeah, all of those are we wrong. We were yeah. completely the first five wrong. Minutes, we were like, oh, okay. Yep, we were completely wrong, which I enjoyed. I, you Absolutely, know, yeah, I, I like being, yeah. you know, surprised in some way. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like thinking back, the middle-ish episodes are sort of muddled in my mind, and the later episodes stand out more clearly. I don't know if that's just because of time, just recency bias, it, yeah. or if because I enjoyed the later episodes better Gilbert bias yeah, yeah. <laughs> well l- let me see if i can do this from memory so the first one was obviously the pilot the second one we spend more time with nick nolte's character fixing the ship meet the jawas mm-hmm. he fights the not rhino uh third episode they go back to that first planet the sin yes he he takes he takes baby yoda back no i'm sorry i'm sorry no third episode he goes and meets cara dune no yes he meets he meets her before. Because remember, he's on the run and he... Uh... Third episode, he goes back. He delivers the baby at Yeah, because isn't oh, that okay. where, where all our predictions oh, well, go? Yeah, yeah. Just, right up in so smoke. The fourth episode, he meets Cara Dune. Mm-hmm. Fifth episode, he meets uh, Amy Sedaris. Yep. Sixth episode, he meets Bill Burr. Yeah. <laughs> Seventh episode, he returns to... Uh, to try and kill the client. Yep. And then eighth episode is the finale. Yep. Okay, we did it, guys. Mm-hmm. We did. We, we did. did it together. Yeah. Nice work. Thank you. Teamwork. Matt, what did you think about, about the season one of Mandalorian? I really, really enjoyed it. I liked the Old West samurai feel. Um, it felt like a very familiar story arc, but with enough kind of twists and interests to really make it engaging. Um, and I like that kind of gritty feel of star wars it wasn't the bright and shiny everything's gonna be okay um we saw characters lose and characters die and a lot of the things that we kind of complained about where you have in the movies these untouchable characters everything was on the table there was no guarantee that anyone was going to make it through the series and that kind of weight felt kind of exciting liz is making eyes i do feel like you did know baby yoda was gonna make it through oh yeah well you're right. I'll give you that one. I'll and that in one. my mind, every episode, I was like, nothing can happen to Baby Yoda. I think I mentioned Or the before. world yeah. will burn. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A bit Baby Yoda, the best thing that's happened to I don't, my life, Star Wars, anything <laughs> in a long, long time. Like I was saying before the podcast, the idea of Porgs, like I was a Porg guy, hardcore. And then as soon as I saw Baby Yoda, just out of my mind, haven't thought about them ever since. Nope. Done. So here's my hot take. The Mandalorian is the most consistent Star Wars franchise there's ever been. 
more than any of the three films, more than Rebels, more than the Clone Wars, Agreed. more than the novels. It is the that that doesn't mean that the highs are as high or the lows are as low. It's just the most consistent Star Wars we've ever gotten. Yeah, it was. I think part of it was because it was directly to Disney Plus. It didn't have that crippling pilot season. Rebels has an awkward first season. It takes a while to get rolling. Um, season two is when it really mm-hmm. gets hit out the park. Clone Wars is the same way. Season one has a very certain feel and then makes a left turn into something deeper. Um, but Mandalorian could just shoot straight ahead. I agree 100%. Yeah. And I think that when you look at, you know, I mean, the original trilogy is my favorite, obviously. But I feel like Return of the Jedi is a big drop off in quality from the other two films. Mm-hmm. And. While there are episodes of this that I liked less than others, I wouldn't say any of them was less than good or even very good. Some of them being great. Yeah. I'm thinking even the episodes that I wasn't as thrilled with, there are scenes that were great. So overall, it was wonderful. I think the, the desert one, the Tatooine episode, is probably, for me, kind of not up there but the scene with the Tusken Raiders for me is a huge scene in Star Wars in general that relation it was really 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 cool so even on its low points it had highs yeah and they even just introduced so many interesting characters in each episode um, that yeah. stood out I, I I think it was just an interesting series to watch yeah 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 let's quickly do sort of maybe favorite episode least favorite episode um, I'll go first since I I, I, have, I know my answers off the top of my head. Uh, believe it or not, the Bill Burr episode, the the horror film in space episode, mm-hmm. was my favorite. I think. Okay. Um, I really liked how that episode shifted at some point to being a horror movie, and how you don't really see it coming until it's there, and it's like, oh, he's hunting them like Jason, mm-hmm. like or like Freddy Krueger, you know. <laughs> and it's funny. My I had a conversation with former co-host of the show Alice W. Castle many years ago about how we would make a Boba Fett film, and the two of us decided we would do it like Friday the Thirteenth, where we would have you would rarely see Boba Fett, but when you did, watch out, like he's gonna fuck you up. And I think that's the only way to make that boring character work was to have him as like this hunter character. Mm-hmm. And so to see an episode of a TV show that yeah. was essentially what inspired I, by your inspired podcast, inspired by a podcast, yes, uh, you know, it was it was very cool. Um, like you, Matt, the Tatooine episode with uh, Bobby Cannavale's son. As that's legitimately his son, by the way. Oh. Uh, as like um, space Tony Danza, like I don't know, I, I don't know how else to describe that character. Yeah. I did not care for that character. Uh, that was my least favorite episode. And, and, and although I love Amy Sedaris, I do think that she did not feel as natural in Star Wars. Maybe some of the other guest stars did. Yeah, but again, she, I. I also have, obviously, I've mentioned that I have issues with that episode. But I think that episode had the um, prequel goofiness. She had those dumb plate droids. Yep. I mean, she fit into what she was. At least she wasn't a Jewish stereotype. That is true. Um, (laughs) But, you know, she was Wazo for all intents and purposes. But I agree. It it fell flat. Mm Mm-hmm. I will mention what I mentioned before, that I also like Amy Sedaris, but for some reason, when she held baby Yoda, he looked less cute in her arms. She seemed uncomfortable or something. <laughs> I don't know. It was just driving me crazy for some yeah. reason. She cared about baby Yoda, but something about it just seemed off. Yeah. yeah. Was she not brought to tears? Like, I, uh... I don't know. I don't know <laughs> what like it others? was. She cared about him. I don't know what it was. Yeah. I guess I just needed some sort of juxtaposition between, you know, baby Yoda and Mando. Just yeah. that sort of, you know, tough guy, yeah. uh... I had texted Matt right after watching it because that episode was directed by Dave Filoni who did the the Clone Wars and Rebels show. And I think it's an episode that when you when you view it through the lens of it could have been animated, it actually makes a lot more sense. Like everything in animation is a little bit more broad, a little bit more um just how's what I'm looking for? You you can go, you can go bigger yeah. animated. It doesn't appear as cheesy, and I feel like Amy Sedaris was was essentially a step too far, as was Jake Cannavale. Yeah, just there were just there was a little bit too far down that road. And I agree, it, it juggled too many characters in a way mm-hmm. that you could have 
like in the Clone Wars, you could have an episode where it's a dozen bounty hunters fighting to the death and it's fine, it works. Right. This was just like why there's so many things happening on screen and was a real departure from some of the slower, more methodical episodes we'd seen up to that, I think. And wasting Ming-Na Wen as the yes. as the yep. hunted bounty hunter who was or the hunted I don't, is she bounty hunter? She, she's more like an assassin, the contract killer. Right, yeah, yeah. But she was really she was barely in it, yeah. you know? Yeah. Yeah, that was a shame. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, that was definitely my low. That was my least favorite episode. as well okay. for similar reasons. Yeah. Top episode for me probably probably was the finale. Um I really enjoyed how everything came together. It brought together some characters that I had really, really enjoyed seeing on screen. Cara Dune, the assassin droid. Um, a couple things I didn't like of it. Um, so much less hot than um, in Game of Thrones. I don't. I guess he wasn't supposed to be hot under the helmet. But that was a moment I was disappointed about. See, that's actually what I liked about it. Was he just a regular guy, just doing his regular job? See, but again, again, I'm spoiled by the, uh, you know, Prince of Dorne. That's fair. You know, mm-hmm. I was like, oh <laughs> no. Um, and then, as I texted Brian, the thing of my nightmares is now an R2 droid with full arms and Ooh, legs. Ooh, that was freaky. That was, yeah. that was frightening. Yeah. No one should ever have to see that. <laughs> yeah, and as he extended... I was like, oh, ah! Yeah. Like, yeah. they can do that! No! <laughs> yeah. um, nope, I don't like that. But yeah, the, the big reveal at the end, um, the beginning scene, as much, I don't endorse the abuse. Watching Stormtroopers be Stormtroopers, which is, I think, something that some of us in the fandom have waited out of a Family Guy adaptation. Yeah. Um, Somebody called it Clerks with Stormtroopers. <laughs> Especially the the back and forth are like, oh, nope, he just shot a guy for interrupting him. It's going to yeah. be longer. Let's just say, though... Uh, Jason Sudeikis was one of the two uh, stormtroopers. Sudeikis. He has been in a relationship with January Jones and hit Baby Yoda. So fuck that guy <laughs> yeah. forever. I mean, he's dead to me. He was disowned by Second City. So <laughs> I saw that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah. He punched Baby Yoda. Yeah. So he's dead to me. He's dead to everyone. I guess. Yeah. 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 yeah I I will say the finale. I think was my favorite episode as well. I'm gonna say I have similar yeah. thoughts um, mm-hmm. as to Matt. Also, I. I love um, the assassin droid being yeah, retained as well. Great. IG-11. Yeah. yeah, and his interplay with Mando and how uh-huh. Mando hated him. I, I I like how Star Wars humanizes their droids. Yes. And I don't know how I, Star Wars continuously does it so effectively. Rogue One. Also, the armorer got some good stuff in this episode when yeah. she got oh, to fight uh, at the end there. Yeah, yeah I enjoyed yeah. that as well. She got to shine Melted a little a bit. Guy. Yeah, yep. right, right in the the urn of of metal or yeah, um, font of metal. Font. Or, Ooh, that's better. Is it better? Yeah, I like. I prefer okay. font. Okay. Yeah. Um, hot tub. Hot tub. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds more fun. Yeah. <laughs> hot tub time machine of metal. metal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I enjoyed uh, that scene as well. Um, yeah. And just everyone. There are a lot, a lot of great scenes. I think it was a great kind of interesting payoff to the uh, the heroics of episode three and the you know final battle this is the way um and then seeing the price and realize that that is the way that's the way of the mandalore now um they fight with that they believe in and what's left is what's left and we did um finally get that flashback uh those pieces we were talking about in our yeah. last podcast. Uh, yeah. Right, yeah. It wasn't a full episode, but we did at least get some of that. It did seem like there was room for his parents in that basement area that he hid in, but they did not <laughs> yes. join him. No. Um, no. Much like Rogue One. Like with yes. with, with, yes. with Jin Erso. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She goes to this place that clearly could hold three of them for a couple of hours, you know. Correct. And uh yeah. yeah I don't know if they were yeah. fighting or what, but yeah, we got that flashback as well That's and true. some more background information, perhaps leading into season two yeah, i was waiting mm. for saw Gerrera to open up i know my child. Me too. <laughs> yeah. no such luck though yeah. just uh just, uh, just a mandalorian yeah jetpack as well absolutely yeah he got the rising phoenix <laughs> yeah yeah what i think was really cool about 
the season when you think about it sort of as an as a standalone thing is of the three of us at this table Liz has not delved into the cartoons much I am catching up and Matt is like yeah. eyes deep in the, <laughs> yeah. in the cartoon lore that's true that's true and I feel like all three of us maybe had an understanding of what we thought a Mandalorian was before the show started. Mm -hmm. And I think all three of us have changed what we think that is now. Yeah. And it managed to do that for three people at very different points in that. And I think that's a really hard thing to do. And I think it should be really commended for being able to be a Star Wars series for all levels of Star Wars. Fans. Yeah. That's very true. Definitely. Yeah. I would say all, all my students seem interested in the Mandalorian, even ones that aren't really Star Wars fans. I'm going to say because of Baby Yoda, yeah, but yeah, they do seem interested. Some of them have been watching as well, uh -huh. which yeah. I thought was noteworthy and interesting. I think it's, it's not even something that you don't need a deep knowledge of. You know, the outside, like periphery of Star Wars, you could go into it not knowing Star Wars at all. You don't need to have seen a Star Wars movie to watch that show right, and understand right. what's going on. Yeah, there are a couple of things that I think maybe would be queer to you. Like, how is this happening? Who are yeah. these mm -hmm. people? But nothing that would be so so insurmountable by context clues, mm -hmm. right? I mean, we talk about the Empire, yeah. but that word means the same to anyone who's ever, you know. Yeah. Um, hmm. It's odd because the specific context that like Caradun places on it and um, Grief places on it actually is defining our understanding, even though we've seen all the movies, is really defining our understanding of the decline of the Empire. So we're as clueless as anybody else almost for what those means. Yeah. There's just... Uh, it's amazing when you think about how little happens episode to episode, but how many characters we met, how many places we saw, mm -hmm. how yep. many things that happened. But in terms of overall plot progression, it's a pretty simple linear story. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. All right, let's talk about some of our favorite characters. Um, let's leave Baby Yoda aside for now because we okay. love Baby Yoda. That's true. But That's let's, true. let's talk about the other folks. Um, Matt, who was one of your... Uh, favorites um other than pillboy i would say um i like the assassin droid i don't hope i'm not taking liz's he is he's uh, taking oh. my, that's fine we can agree no i really i i liked i like his redemption story um i enjoyed his dedication to his calling um whether that was bounty hunting or protecting the baby um and i found it really just it's a funny character it's a badass character and really was able to bring something out of the Mandalorian that other characters were not due to his kind of relationship with him. So I, I liked him a lot. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I'm going to say I also enjoy I'm glad the armorer got her, her due there yes. in the last episode. Was, um, so if I have to pick perhaps another character that I enjoyed, obviously she didn't get a lot of screen time, um, but just her dedication to her craft as well. Mm -hmm. She was very serious. Mm -hmm. She stayed behind there in the end yes. and did what she needed to do and gave Mando the guidance that yes. he needed to continue on his journey. Mm -hmm. I think we'll see more of her. I think so too. Yeah. I don't think she's gone. Yeah, I agree. Um. I'll give it up for uh, Carl Weathers himself, Grief Karga. Yeah. I feel like he was um, a really... Can't really trust, but then has a, a change of heart inspired by Baby Yoda. To all the other characters. Like, he he's sort of the linchpin yeah. of the season when you think... Even, even when he joins in with the team, it's not you know a Han Solo flip. He's still he's not a good guy. He helps them out by killing his two like compatriots. That's his act of helping. Right. Um, is murdering the people he's on the same side with to then be on the new side that defends him. Um, and I think is legitimately extending an offer to the two of them to join the bounty hunters guild. Yes. His, yes. Yeah. His mm -hmm. constant reshifting of alliances with himself at the center, 
I think makes him a more realistic kind of scum and villainy than we've seen in a while. Yeah. Um, the real, you know, outlaw with a golden heart. What an exhausting life. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Man. Yeah, but I think you're right, though. I think he, um, I think he very much exemplifies the who in this situation can best help me right now. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna, go, I'm gonna throw my lot behind that person. You know, um, I think that's good, and that makes for good character. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of the sort of one-off smaller characters, I mentioned we we sort of wasted Ming Na Wen in that in that Tatooine episode. I thought that everybody on Bill Burr's crew is interesting enough that I would like to maybe see them again down Same. the road. Um, I don't know if I learned enough about them to care that much, but they were like some of them were very visually interesting. While I was watching it, I hated it because it was very stressful for me. And part of it was I hated all of those characters so much. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I wonder if see that episode was directed by Rick Famuyiwa, who also directed the second episode. So it is interesting. Like, so he directed two. Deborah Chow directed both. Uh, the one where the Mandalorian, where he, where he grabs Baby Yoda, back when he brings him back, and she directed the penultimate episode. Um, and then Taika Waititi, who is also the voice of IG Eleven, yes. mm-hmm. he directed both the pilot and the last episode. Ooh, interesting. Bryce mm-hmm. Dallas Howard did one in there. I'm, so, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, he did. Taika Waititi did. Was it that one? No, I'm sorry. He just did. He just did episode eight. He just did the finale. Um, Dave Filoni of the Clone Wars did the first episode and the fifth episode, and Bryce Dallas Howard did one too. It was interesting the different directors that were lined up, and I think that each of them were able to bring something relatively unique to it. But there was never an episode, except for that Tatooine episode, that felt like stylistically off from what we saw the rest of the series. I feel mm-hmm. like there was a real yeah. consistency in visual language, in pacing, all of that from episode to episode. I agree. And even if the episode lengths were different, some episodes are fairly short, some are longer. Yeah. It didn't it, yeah, it didn't stand out that any of them were different in any way. Yeah. yeah. What's really interesting comparing the Mandalorian to the sequel trilogy is that pointed one person as kind of the showrunner the way John Favreau was here, you could have let different directors direct and give their own take, but there would have been a more consistent hand at the till. Oh yeah, throughout. Um, One hundred percent. Or maybe like write the whole story before you start filming is also a. Or, or I think I talked about this last time, and if I didn't, I've meant to talk about this. Uh, I feel like the whole concept in like improv comedy of yes anding where when you when you're acting in a sketch if if you introduce something the next person doesn't reject that they take that and they move forward with it and i felt like ryan johnson did a good job of yes anding what jj abrams did yeah. nothing in in the last jedi undoes anything from the force awakens but so much from the rise of skywalker undoes from both those first two films in a lot of ways yeah. mm-hmm. and it's not all right, so let's do this. Let's take a break for a minute, and then I want us to dig into uh, next season and just some more overall. So yeah. Stay tuned. Hello, everybody. My name is Mike. And I'm Greg. And together we are Robots from Tomorrow, a twice-weekly podcast appearing at MultiversityComics.com. Each week we take some time to check out books and shelves on Wednesday that are worth your attention. And each month we dissect the previous catalog. We also have long-form discussions about books we've enjoyed like Dan Clow's Ghost World and Jack Kirby and Mike Royer's Commanding. And if that's not enough, we also do creator interviews. Some of the talks you'll find in our archives feature Mike Mignola, Leila Del Duca, Sean Martinborough, Emma Beebe, and Greg Rucka. So that's a lot of content for everybody. Please subscribe. Subscribe to Robots from Tomorrow on iTunes or Stitcher so you never miss a thing. Robots from Tomorrow has hours of comic-focused entertainment week in and week out. And now, back to your show. And we are back. Um, so season two has been confirmed. We know a little bit about it. It'll be a uh, fall of 2020. Yeah. It uh, follows a uh, action figure of a Gamorrean guard. Yes, yes. That was the image that Favreau tweeted out or Instagrammed out, perhaps. Yeah. Um, but he was... Uh, Favreau was was interesting in how he approached the first season on on social media. Like he tweeted out the image of the 
disintegrating gun, which was from the Star Wars Holiday Special. That was <laughs> the first thing he tweeted out, but people flipped out because of that. And so I think that you know he's very purposeful with the with the images that he's tweeting out there for people to see. Yeah. So does that? I mean, we obviously see them in Jabba's palace in Return of the Jedi on Tatooine. Mm-hmm. So there is obviously unfinished business on Tatooine that we know of. Sure. We all the Mando, Mando very easily could be framed for the death of one of Jabba's assassins. We they did mention that would come back to bite them. If you yes. kill um the assassin, then you're going to have the huts after you. Right, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if that's part of the yeah. second season. Um there's also been an intimation of having more characters we've seen before show up. Yeah. Um, do we have any ideas about who those people might be? I mean, Max Rebo, possibly? Is that uh, and, and his whole band? <laughs> and the whole band. Yes. What if there's a whole episode that's like an hour-long Max Rebo band concert? <laughs> Man, what a dream. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I, I could see it going one of two ways. I could see it being a hut-type thing. Um, which again becomes very interesting because we know a certain someone who wears Mandalorian armor that works for Jabba. Yes. Um, or it could be either flashbacks or current involving the Mandalorians and what Mandalorians are left. Um, which is a very interesting thing from the end of the first episode. A lot of pieces coming together. Yes. I think one of the possibilities might be that this is the way this, this is, is the way, way. Uh, <laughs> didn't the way. do that it just it's <laughs> in my brain that this is the way that disney begins to sew together the animated stuff and the film stuff because so we haven't talked about the dark saber at all no at the end of the episode we see um Moth Gideon mm-hmm. wield the dark saber, which is a Mandalorian lightsaber, uh, which is a big part of. Is it Rebels and Clone Wars? And I Clone believe Wars. so. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, it's it comes into play in Clone Wars is lost and then refound in Rebels. Yes, and so I wonder if, when saying characters we know already. If this will bring some of the perhaps like Star Wars Rebels characters, well, I think into I, live I action. Think so, and that's what um, we see. Um, oh man, what is Mandalorian's actual name? I don't. I looked it up before. Hang on, give me yeah. a second. Keep talking. I feel like it's a really important, book. but we see him being saved by the Death Watch. It's very much what we had thought. These are not Mandalorians as the nation world of Mandalore. These are an offshoot militant group that has now saved him, and he has joined them in their ways. Um, Din Djarin. Din Djarin. So we see Din Djarin saved by these uh, Mandalorians. Yes. And then we hear them talking about, um, you know, we talked about the fall of Mandalore and the Night of Tears and things of that nature, and we kept assuming it was when the Empire attacked Mandalore. However, where... Because we see the Darksaber not in the hands of um, Death Watch or Darth Maul at that point, but of the rightful noble houses of Mandalore. If he's a Mandalorian. He doesn't need to be a Mandalorian. I think he is part of the invasion force that wiped out both the loyalist houses of Mandalore. I think there are even less Mandalorians than we had assumed. Um, the Mandalorians we see at the end of Rebels at this point might also be dead. I yeah. think that whatever death watch turns into might be all that's left period i mean there's there's a lot there's a lot of questions with that and again i think that if the show is going to continue on the path that's been on this season they can't dive so deep into the animated lore they're going to lose this very mainstream audience we were talking in the break about how mainstream this show yeah. is you know you can't be like all right guys sit down and watch 10 episodes <laughs> of a tv show yeah. and then come back to us you that's know? why i think it's much easier to fast forward to the rebels timeline where mandalorian mandalore exists now as a handful of noble houses fighting against the empire that's an easy enough storyline and to that's explain. also a very like Everybody compares everything to this now, but that's very games of Thro- Game of Thrones. Mm. Like, uh, you can explain it yeah. in a way that's similar to how you explain Game of Thrones. Never heard of it. You mean The Witcher? Yeah. <laughs> I have never seen an episode of Game of Thrones. So I know I'm wrong with talking about this, but I, I have enough cultural currency to understand. But yeah, no, it you know, yeah, you, you, mm-hmm. can, you can 
mm-hmm. pose it that way. Yeah. And yeah. very much fits the samurai movie story that yes, we're, absolutely. we're filling now. Which yes. is very, very interesting to as a just very much side note. Um we worry so much about offending the original idea of George Lucas and what he built. Mm-hmm. The idea that Mandalor the Mandalorian fits into very much um this Japanese storytelling style, I think, is a yes. real homage to what he built with the original trilogy. It's really cool to see. I mean, I remember just being a, a dumb shit in high school and watching uh, a, a, my first Akira Kurosawa film, and there are the wipes that Lucas does like across. I'm like, I know that. That's yeah. George, George Lucas did that. Like, and everyone's like, Yeah, asshole. He stole it from a Kurosawa. Like, <laughs> I, you know, I didn't know. Yeah. But you know, I feel like there are so many aspects of, and I think that that the samurai film and the western are very related oh, direct, as well. direct link. Yeah. And so by bringing both of those things into this, like you said, that is going back to a very original idea of Star Wars. Yeah, so seeing something that fits into those same types of tones, mm-hmm. I could see making sense. Are there any things we definitely don't want to see in a second season? Hmm. I, I don't want to see... The return of big name characters for big name character sake. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I've spoken about this a lot of times where I felt that the sequel trilogy just kind of force fit things in just so people be like, "Oh, I recognize them." It's Lando. Yeah, yeah. and <laughs> that's what I've been enjoying about the Mandalorian is that yeah, we have all these new yeah. characters. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I want to see that world. continue. Same. I, yeah. yeah, I don't need any more Lando as Gene Parmesan uh, scenes <laughs> yeah. where he, he pulls a mask off and yeah. goes, "Ah, Lando! Hey, hey Lando! Like, yeah, hey, I, hey, I might be your dad. Yeah. Why? And like, how did everyone know who he was automatically? Like, Ray didn't know who Han Solo. He's one of seven black guys in the universe. Ray didn't know who Han Solo was, and she's like, "Oh, it's Lando. Didn't we know who he is? <laughs> That's Come on, a really good boy. Come on, C three PO. Everyone knows who Lando is." I mean, to be fair, when she didn't know who Han Solo was, she had she wasn't part of anything. You know, she probably read a book or something. I don't know. Maybe Luke drew a picture along with the like that, the, the holocron thing is a picture of Land. You turn the page of Land. There's like thumbs up. Thumbs up. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, I agree with you. I don't want to yes. see Return of Big Name Characters. I agree. How about you, Liz? Is there anything particular you don't want to see? Um, nothing that I can think of right now, except for Baby Yoda dying. Um, no, no you know, yeah. Um, yeah, the only thing I can think of is like big name characters. Um, I don't know. I, I'm excited again. I, I feel like just to continue what the first season started in terms of traveling to new places, mm-hmm. I assume we're going to be searching for wherever Yoda belongs, yep, baby Yoda belongs. Yeah. Um, and traveling to different places, you know, through that yeah. storyline. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure how that will work. Yeah. Exactly. Like it, it, I'm going to shoot myself in the foot because I just said I don't want to see return of <laughs> old characters. Uh-huh. But there is one wild internet theory now. There is one place that we have seen pictures of what would appear to be a young version of Yoda's species is in the Rebels on Lothal when we have the, which is just a massive amount of touching on everything in the World Between Worlds paintings. Um, so, I mean, Lothal has a very strange connection to but the also, Force and the series in I general. I also think that those aren't as big yeah. as maybe. Yeah. Like, you know, we don't want to see... Lando. No, I don't. I, I don't. I don't need to see this as a tie-in to then do the offshoot um, Obi-Wan movie. Like, right. Well, yes, yeah. yeah. I think it's a different yeah. level. Yeah, but I can see an Ezra Bridger making. I can see. I can see, cer- see, see certain. I can see certain Rebels characters. Yeah. What I think is is. What I think is really interesting is that we have, we have lots of examples of Jedi training new Jedi. But this is the Mandalorian. Essentially, he doesn't. He doesn't say he's definitely going to train Baby Yoda in the Mandalorian religion. But it seems like that might be a possibility. Yeah. And I'm very interested to see if the show does a severe time jump. Okay. You could jump five years in the future. Yeah. With almost no consequence here, because because the Mando's under a mask. Mm-hmm. You're talking about his aging. Yoda's a puppet. Yeah, <laughs> you know, and um, you know, everyone yeah. else. Five years isn't a it's huge not, enough, you know, yeah. uh, 
jump in time there. Uh, but I am really curious to see how much of the second season is about I wonder if Baby Yoda's heritage is going to become like the MacGuffin of the season versus yeah. are they actually ever going to find anything with that? Well, that's the thing, too. Like, where can that lead ultimately? Mm-hmm. In conjunction with the rest of the Star Wars universe. Yeah, right. And again, we, at this point, I don't think it's even realized that he is a Force user. I don't they think. They call him a Jedi. Oh, do they? Um, someone does. I, I feel like it's addressed at some okay. point. Yes, uh, but they, they don't say that we're the Force. Though. Yeah. Um, is it? Oh, they do. They talk. They, no, they do. They talk about the Jedi. Um, shoot, someone is very. Oh, the um, it's the armor smith. She yes. realizes yes. that she says, Jedi. Like the, and she, she says there was an ancient race called the Jedi. The or Jedi. Something like yeah. That. yeah. Which again, so wise. ancient. Yeah. It. That's thirty years ago. Again. <laughs> That's like well, not believing in DeLoreans. <laughs> well, just they've existed for a long time, perhaps. But uh, yeah. I would think that because of the outpost nature of certain planets and the propaganda that was spread for those years, it might be... I don't know. It might be harder for people to realize. Yeah, but the Mandalorians of. had a very intimate nature with the Jedi. But Mandalore was, was one of... Sure. <laughs> like, but, it was but, a key neutral world that dealt with the Jedi Council constantly. But again, I wonder if these men... I wonder how many of these Mandalorians were ever on Mandalore. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, how how far flung they were. Yeah. And that's an interesting yeah. story to tell, too. It's a very different story to tell. Mm-hmm. But I think it's an interesting story to tell. Yeah. Um, I hope that the second season does not try and change too much of what made this season work. I think that this season yeah. is a really good template for the future. And I'm really interested to see if there is a an overall game plan in terms of Disney Plus shows are going to be two seasons or three seasons. Or if this could go on indefinitely. I don't know what Jon Favreau wants to do. It's, it's, very, it's very interesting for me to think about what could be the just the sort of the overall arc of the show because if this is the second and final season yeah that's a very different order than just the second season of six or whatever yeah mm-hmm. that's true i mean it's weird disney plus at this point seems to be a strange free-for-all because in all the trailers they've been releasing for clone wars season seven, seven it's like three mini seasons mixed together it's oh, like is ver- it, it because there's very different pieces. There's Ahsoka leaving. There's Ahsoka returning. There's Mandalore parts. So either it's the fastest moving season ever, or it's like season six, where it's mini storylines all mixed together. So yeah, I wonder what free reign they have. It seems like they're able to do whatever works, and hopefully they keep that creative control. Well, I mean, I I'm just thinking about it from the sense of you know, John Favreau is a successful film director, and I don't know if he's gonna want to turn his whole life into just doing this. I think he did The Lion King in between filming season one and the release of season one. That's true. Maybe. But just, you know, I don't know if, or I don't know if he'll do two seasons and then he'll pass the baton to somebody else for another season. I don't know. It's, it's, um, the good news is I think that the, the things that you would want to be able to replicate are so clear. Like, I don't know. Now that I'm saying that, <laughs> maybe they're going to try and choose yeah, another. I know. Like, they can't yeah. do another Baby Yoda. They yeah. No. Another, another cute yeah, character. No. They can't do that. Yeah. Um, I'm worried about them trying to do you know bigger, better. It doesn't need to be. It needs to continue yeah. with what works. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it's going to be very interesting to, to see how how Disney Plus in general treats Star Wars mm-hmm. and what's going to come of that. Especially just over time. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it was a it's huge, just the start. It was a huge bit of the launch mm-hmm. of Disney Plus. Yes. But I don't know. I don't know how much it's going to, to be. Like, I, I'd be really curious to see how many subscriptions lapsed after the Mandalorian ended. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's wild. The viewing numbers of it, I know I, I'm 
interested in the international numbers because apparently The Witcher has far higher viewing numbers, which is pushed by international viewing right, because Disney The Plus Witcher is, is a very in the U.S. Yeah, right now, yeah, yeah, very popular overseas, and we're just that market. So, right. I, I wonder when it when it opens time up. Okay, is when it goes to Eastern Europe, to Western Europe, rather. Yeah. Which again, I it'd be interesting. To see if that gives it a whole second life. Yeah. I, I think it's so hard to be to be releasing something that is only being released in one part of the world right now. Yeah. Because we all use the same Twitter. We mm-hmm. all use the same Facebook. Mm-hmm. I know all of my UK friends have, have pirated this. Yeah. Or have uh, at least are aware of of what happens on it. You yeah. Know? Yeah. You've burned the hype at this point. Yeah. So... But I also understand why they didn't want to wait an extra six months to launch in the U.S. Yeah. Yeah, that's a, that's tough. Yeah. I think it's interesting, though, that when we look at the last three Star Wars projects, with Solo bringing Maul back, yes. with... Uh, Mandalorian bringing the dark saber, which is Maul related as well. Correct, correct. And then Rise of Skywalker bringing in the voices of of animated Jedi. Mm-hmm. I I do think we are really we're getting to a point where there's going to be just a natural crossover between these things. Yeah, much closer. And that's going to lead to some awkward questions, like for instance, I'm I just. I read it a few months ago. I think I talked about it on the show. There's a book that takes place right after Return of the Jedi, uh, the Alphabet Squadron book. Yeah. And Hera is a big part of that. Mm-hmm. And so here's this important character from the, from the Rebels who's never seen in those three films. Is there a reason why during the most important parts of the Rebellion she was not there? Yeah. There are stories to tell with those characters, mm-hmm. but the more you integrate everybody into the same cool you have to sort of answer some of those yeah, questions which is why i think they've been trying to be more subtle with it because i mean hera was at the battle of scarif uh-huh. um and she potentially was at the battle of exodol mm-hmm. so right but i mean we don't know ships that look like it i think now they keep trying to feed in these breadcrumbs that they can pull on later well, um, so, did, yeah. did you see whose ship was supposedly Rendar? Dash Rendar, yeah. poor man's Han Solo from the Timothy Zahn <laughs> books. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll see about that. Yeah, but yeah, I, I just think it's, it's it's interesting. I had read a quote from J.J. Abrams about a year or two ago saying that his goal for Episode Nine was to unite all three trilogies together. I don't know if he did that necessarily. That one scene went further towards doing that than any other scene in the film, I guess. Yeah. But I think that bringing everything into Disney Plus might actually be the thing that does that. Mm-hmm. Because it used to be, well, if you wanted to watch The Clone Wars, that used to be on Netflix, but it's not anymore. And then this is streaming here. And this, When it's all under one umbrella, a kid who likes Star Wars can get off of school at the end of June and say, all right, I'm going to watch everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And have one place to do that. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's helpful. Almost everything. Because awkwardly, they don't own the rights to the cartoon Clone Wars. Right, the, the hand-drawn one. Yeah. yeah. Which is uh, the introduction of General Grievous. Right. Which is... But it's no longer canon somehow. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. We'll see. I, I actually saw somebody petition... Petition? Why didn't that work out right? Uh, Disney Plus to have some sort of um, deal with Audible or other audiobook providers to put some of the novels, oh. like audiobook, no, audio novels with just like, you know, random illustrations huh. on Disney Plus. But That'd I feel good. like just read a book, people. Yeah. <laughs> you, don't need, yeah. you don't need to uh, <laughs> to go too far down that rabbit hole. Just, just, just crack a book. Yeah. 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 And, I, and I think what is something that I'm liking is that the Disney Plus idea is it's a different level of acceptable success because that's the thing that keeps boggling my mind is when we talk about you know successful disney franchises and all these sorts of things han solo it didn't lose money the solo movie wasn't a flop it just was not as big as they had hoped or dreamed it was so like it wasn't a failure you could have kept making movies from that you chose not to right i know but 
like maybe, maybe the bar being lower on Disney Plus is going to help these more fringe, these more risky endeavors. Well, like, I know there's a big petition right now to give Rose Tico her own Disney Plus show. Yeah. And after watching Rise of Skywalker a few more times, you realize just how done dirty she is. Oh, yeah. so and, and hard. Bl- and blaming it on uh, the late Carrie Fisher is uh, lazy. It, it's you, the uh, fact that you didn't bother to write any God. more scenes to include her yeah. is just, it shows exactly what people are complaining about. You thought so little about this character yes. that you didn't even bother. How pissed off would Carrie Fisher be about that? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 So, you know, we'll... Again, we'll save these <laughs> we have time. for the future. But I do think that Disney Plus becoming a hub for doing these standalone, short-scale things are yeah. interesting. The last thing I want to talk about, and this is not really Mandalorian-related, so sorry, listeners, who are hoping for nonstop Mando for 48 minutes, um, is now that The Rise of Skywalker is out there, do you guys think we're going to see many stories that take place after that with the characters we know? Not for a while. Yeah, I'm going to say the same thing. Not for a while, if at all. I wonder if you could do a Rose show or a Poe Dameron movie without making it too lore heavy. You could. Yeah, it'd be possible. Yeah, Poe Dameron out the closet. <laughs> not in Disney's hands. Either. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Spice Runner, I yeah, guess. But, but you, not, definitely, yeah. you definitely could. Yeah, it, it would probably just be like one character yeah. removed from all of the other right. Right. movie yeah. business. The only problem is that the state post, you know, Rise of Skywalker, the stakes are low now, and to artificially heighten them again, I feel would be. Well, tough. I don't know if you need to artificially heighten them, but like, but here's so. Um, I know. Were you a Lost guy? Mm-hmm. I know Liz mm-hmm. and I. You know. Ride, ride for life with Lost, and uh, there's an episode. Is it an epilogue? Rather, you ever seen it called? Um, what's it called? Found? No, it's it's, it's an epilogue. One epi- It's like nice. it's like twelve minutes long with Ben Michael Emerson going to the last remaining Dharma facility and shutting it down. Mm-hmm. Have you guys ever seen this? No, no. It's great. It, it's it's online, and he goes and he uh, he has a DVD. He shows them. And then he, sh- it's basically, it's the station that was making the pallets of food that were getting dropped on the island. So he's shutting that down. I think it's called The New Man in Charge. I think that's what it's called. Um, but it's like, it's a story that takes place after Lost. It gives you a little bit of information about Lost, but it doesn't like, it doesn't reveal any of the like big mysteries or anything like that. Okay. And I think that those type of things are the template. Like you could have Rose be the head of a um of like a a new republic or a new new republic whatever they're gonna call it <laughs> newest, newest republic newest <laughs> republic of the moments uh like like um you know installation someplace and it's just like her story of this okay. one little thing you know and not make because here's my fear my fear with star wars going forward is that after return of the jedi it took almost 10 years before we got novels comics anything with those characters, because I think everybody thought, all right, well, if they're going to do new ones, we have to wait for that. Mm-hmm. Now we know they're going to do new ones. Yeah. We know this is coming eventually. When Star Wars started doing that stuff, they thought, okay, well, we're never doing these movies again, so we can we can marry off Luke. We can give mm-hmm. Han and Leia twins. We can do all this stuff. And then they had to retcon it away. Now that they know it's coming back, I'm afraid we're going to get no stories that have any consequence for a while. Until they decide to do new movies. Okay. Yeah. And that will hinder Disney Plus. I think there are some of those stories that are so perfect for a small series or a TV movie, essentially, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, I think it's the same that's the same issue that we were talking about earlier with the comics. The comics are all filler. Yes. They take big ca- big name characters put them together in non-threatening scenarios. Because you know how it ends. Yeah. It was like we see in the first issue of one, you see Darth Vader against Han Solo and Luke Skywalker. I'm like, you obviously, none of them are going to die. <laughs> oh, no, right. those three and people aren't going to die? are they even going to meet? Because they sure <laughs> as hell don't know each other later on. Right, so, right. Yeah. I, I, I worry about the two. It being just, just filler arc. 
Um, yeah. Yeah, I imagine there'll be nothing high stakes, especially just, I feel like, the movie being controversial in some way or people arguing incessantly about everything the final cut. yeah, yeah. It, it's just yeah there will be nothing high stakes with these characters anytime soon if yeah. anything and which is disappointing i is, agree yeah. i totally agree because yeah. I, I mean, like all I these a, characters you know a new jedi academy sure i don't yeah yeah Pretty interesting I just want the stories to move forward mm-hmm. in yeah. some ways. Same. Because otherwise, and look, The Mandalorian, we just spent 40 minutes talking about how much we love The Mandalorian, so I'm not complaining about it. Yeah. But there are only so many stories set in the past that you can tell without being, again, bringing a Lost reference here, without being an episode about Jack's tattoos. Yep. Like at a certain point, the flashbacks don't matter anymore because they're just they're, you're filling in the tiniest details. Yeah. And so I just hope that they can blow out the idea of what can be made into a Star Wars film. And maybe that means totally new characters. Maybe instead of things way hundreds of years in the past or hundreds of years in the future. You know, just just take some chances, yeah. do some stuff. But Yeah. I don't know. True. Any other Mandalorian thoughts? No. I... No. I feel like we're good. Yeah. All right. Got all our Mando out there. Yeah. So let's... Um, Let's remember that uh, you can always get more Star Wars stuff at multiversitycomics.com. I am going to be bringing a series in uh, starting February. Uh, it's a series we started, but we abandoned called Tales from a Galaxy Far, Far Away. But oh. I'm going to be reading all of the Marvel Star Wars comics of the, mm-hmm. of the current run. So I'm gonna do it every month, I'm going to read like 20 Star Wars comics. I, th- I thought you meant out loud. I was like, no. that, that's an interesting... Panel one, a Star Destroyer in the distance, <laughs> stars glimmering in the back. And I'm, I'm going to be writing about just uh, about, like, I'm, I'm going to try by the I'm going to try by the end of the summer to have to get current with all of the Marvel Star Wars comics. Nice. Um, so yeah, check that out, and uh, you can follow this show on Twitter at Force Goes C2C. I'm going to try and start tweeting more stuff from there. We should all give you that the password. <laughs> we should all use that. Yeah. But I do want to say thank you to our listeners for the call-in episode. I don't know if you guys got a yeah, chance to hear yeah, that. Yeah, I did. Thank I you. thought it was super fun. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Um, I really loved hearing everybody's opinions about, about the film. Yes. And uh, we should do more stuff like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I agree. I enjoyed it. Yeah, maybe maybe, we'll, maybe we'll we'll bring that back after like the the premiere of the next season of The Mandalorian or something. We'll mm-hmm. we'll ask folks to call in and talk about it like that. So that mm-hmm. would be good. Um, and yeah, we'll be back in a few weeks with another episode. And until next time, remember the Force will be with you always. 